1985, which is also when she started writing songs. For 22 years, she has performed locally with her band Relativity, whose members include her husband, Toby Jensen, on guitar and vocals, and fiddle player extraordinaire, Mike Hildebrand. Relativity has performed at the Minnesota Zoo, art centers, wineries, weddings, and recently at the Lakeville Performing Arts Center. Let's find out much more right here live in the KYMN studio. Let's talk to Sandy Jensen. Hey, Sandy, thanks for being here today. Hey, Pauline, thanks for having me. I am interested a little bit in the gig you just had on Thursday, Pub Night at uh, Lakeville uh, Center for the Arts. That sounds like a really cool gig. It was awesome. Uh, That venue um, really supports live music and original live music. And so we just love playing there. The audiences are fantastic, um, very supportive, and you know they're asking for encores, and it's just a uh, really, really fun place to play. Oh, so we, we, yeah, we had a sold out show there on Thursday night. Oh, how exciting! How exciting! We got to have something like that going in in uh, Northfield. I think sometimes we could do it yes. at the Guild, right? Mm, but right. we need more spaces to be able to have those kind of shows. I think it would be awesome. I agree. Yeah. So I'm going to dig right in. I said in the intro that you uh, started singing and actually writing songs at the age of five. So I want you to take me from those first (laughs) memories, which is pretty amazing. Um, Although kind of maybe we're all songwriters when we're that young, just because it all comes out of us. But I want you to take me from when you first start remembering your first memories of music and what you did with music and up to, you know, your adult life. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, as you mentioned in the intro, I, I, some of my earliest memories are around singing and just wandering around our farm and making up little songs, mm. you know, which um, I didn't write the words down or anything like that, <laughs> but I wandered around and sang. And uh, I, remember, I remember when I was five, when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show, dancing in the living room with my mom, wow. who was only 26 at the time. So, um, oh, baby. you know, I don't know if that was in part an inspiration to me or not. But um, then um, my sisters and I, I have four sisters and two brothers. Wow, big family. Right. Um, and I have an identical twin as one of those. Oh, and. Cool. Um, my sisters and I used to do a lot of singing around the house. Um, we, we weren't playing instruments at that time, but we were just singing all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, we'd sit down at the dinner table and we'd still be singing. And so our mom came up with this crazy saying that if you sing at the table, you're going to marry a crazy husband. <laughs> <laughs> and so that... That was actually the inspiration for one of the songs on our CD That's called Crazy, Crazy Husband. <laughs> so people might think it's about Toby, but it's actually not. <laughs> Understood. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So um, in grade school, I was in choirs, you know, all the way from the first year that I could be in a choir up until I graduated from high school. And um, I was in a couple of musicals uh, in the in the chorus only because I was too shy to have any speaking parts at that time. (laughs) I was kind of painfully shy when I was in high school. It's gotten a little better as I've gotten older. Um, And 
I had, you know, piano lessons, played clarinet in the band for just one year <laughs> and dropped out of that. But uh, um, one thing I remember from when I was younger, too, is that my family used to watch, this is going to date me a little bit, but we used to watch the Ted Mack Amateur Hour. I don't know if you remember that. I You're don't. probably too young to remember that. But um, <laughs> there were a lot of family bands on that show. And it was, you know, kind of an Ed Sullivan ish type of show but on a more local level I believe but anyway um, I would watch those and I would dream about having a family band and so eventually you know that happened quite a few years later with relativity but um, so other things in my early musical career I guess uh, by the time I got to college I decided I'd had enough choir singing so I did sing in a couple friends bands briefly in college in Mankato um, and then didn't really do a whole lot of music for a few years there and then after Toby and I got married and moved to Northfield I joined the Northfield Chorale okay so I, had, I was back in a choir for a couple of years with that and then um, I actually decided you know I hadn't sung a whole lot so I wanted to kind of get my voice back in shape so I took some group voice lessons at the Arts Guild. And Carol Ryland was one was the voice teacher, and she said, how would you like to sing in the Bleacher Girls, ah, <laughs> a women's nice. a cappella group? And so that's how I got started in the Bleacher Girls and uh, performing in the over and back shows. And uh, that's how I got to know Mike Hildebrandt, who later became a member of Relativity. Wow, so. awesome. When did you start playing guitar? I uh, tried to learn it a little bit when I was a teenager and mm-hmm. just didn't stick with it. Um, and uh, actually picked it up after we started Relativity. So I was 40 years old before I started playing guitar. Well, that's an inspiration. So it's never too late. And then I also mm-hmm. learned it mandolin after that, too. So Wow. And you're, you've learned it well enough not to just be at home writing songs and... and uh, but you've learned it well enough to be able to actually perform with it, which is a there's a big difference between just using it as a rehearsal kind of instrument to being able to play it out. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. years did it take for you to get that um, good enough uh, to do that? I would say maybe a year. Of, wow, good for of you. Kind of concentrated practice. <laughs> now, now I don't play as much as I should, but I'm after the first of the year, one of my resolutions is to uh, find a good YouTube channel guitar teacher and just you know, get better. Yep, yep. If, well, if you need live teachers, ask Steve. I'm sure he could set you up with some. Or okay. the YouTube ones, too. Great, great. So, okay, awesome. I want to move to, we'll talk more about relativity and what you're doing now, um, a little later. But I want to get to the first song that you picked for us to play today, which is Million Diamonds. Mm-hmm. And um, you wrote the song. I did. So where, where, where did the conception of the idea for the tune start? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was one of those beautiful, cold, sunny winter days, and I was driving and looking across a field of snow, and the sun was just sparkling off the snow like a million diamonds. And mm-hmm. so that's what this idea just popped into my head, that, you know, a million diamonds, and then the tune for the chorus kind of came to me at the same time. Wow. So that was what inspired it, and then I you know, gradually worked out the rest of the the lyrics. So how much collaboration do you have in your songwriting 
uh, for, let's just start with this song. With this song, do you bring it fully formed to the group, uh, or do you, do you get input from them mm-hmm. once you get to a certain point? Um, this one I brought fully formed to the group, and there are others that we collaborated on. Okay. So when Relativity first started out, my identical twin sister was in the group, and my husband, and. So we were all related, and that's how we came up with the the name of relativity. And so the three of us, right, the three of us collaborated on some of the earlier songs that we wrote. And on this song, uh, who's all playing? Who's all? This is uh, Toby and me on guitar, Craig Wasner on piano, um, Mike Hildebrandt on violin, and our friend Mark Juniman on bass. Awesome. And so when you play out, is it, it's usually just your husband and you and Mike? Correct. Right. And right. so for the album, you brought in some more instruments to fill out the parts. Exactly. Yep. And you recorded this at Craig's studio, Wasner Audio? We did. Awesome. Yep. And uh, you released it during COVID, which is good for you. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so let's take a listen to Million Diamonds, written and performed by my guest today, Sandy Jensen, along with her band, Relativity. Awesome. Got plenty of time.
ocean shore Walking on the beach I think of you once more Sun is sparkling on the waves and there you are Said that you've been wishing for me on a star This is Pauline Jennings, and you are listening to Musician Talk. Today, my guest is Sandy Jensen, and you just heard her sing and play guitar on her original tune, Million Dollars, along with her band, Relativity, and some friends. So I love this song, the sweeping nature of it, and, and yet, you know, when Craig starts his solo, then uh, the, some groove comes into it, and mm-hmm. um, so that's a great feel, memorable hook, and... Uh, I love what everybody did in in the song. Thank you. Uh, what's your favorite part about the song? This one. Um, I think um, it was uh, the first time I had tried a little bit different chord progression than I had done before. Um, I liked the way it came together with using different visuals for the sparkling things, yes, yes. <laughs> the stars and the sea, in addition to the snow. Um, it's very evocative. Of mm-hmm. uh, you're able to really picture it in your head, and so well done with those lyrics. Thank you. So when you said that uh, you brought this fully formed to the band, um, as far as the chord progression and the instrumentation you wanted, all that I assume. But then when you bring it to them, uh, you don't. Do you? I should ask you. Do you have the violin and piano parts written out? No, no, not at all. <laughs> that um, would be something else. If and, you did. <laughs> right. Mike Hildebrand, of course, is. Ex- you know, amazingly talented. So he he just goes with it. You know, he just improvises uh, instrumental parts, and they're always incredible. So. They're spot on, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. They Same really with are. Craig. And I have to say here for people who listen to this often. Craig Wasner, once again, is mentioned. I think he's mentioned in 90, 99% of the interviews because he's got his fingers in all the music in town. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, Craig just took it and ran with it, too. So it was it was amazing. Really fun to hear something you've written come together with all these additional oh. pieces added to it. So lots of fun being in the studio. And when we recorded the CD, we wanted it to be as close to kind of a live feel as possible. And so we really did one take wow. on almost every song. And then wow. there was some layering, you know, of the harmonies and the piano and things after the fact but most of these were recorded with one take wow even more impressive wow that's incredible and um how do you choose which songs? so this this album is called um are we there yet and it, <laughs> i love it are we no kidding and what a great name of an album that came out during covid we just needed to get to somewhere to somewhere instead right. of sitting static so you had, I, I assume, a bunch of songs that, uh, th- that you had written, and you wanted to put some on the CD. How did you mm-hmm. choose which songs to, to put on? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, um, 
you know, for having been together as a band for 22 years, I guess we probably aren't hugely prolific songwriters because we don't, you know, we didn't have a huge catalog of songs to choose from. But, you know, we didn't put all of our originals, obviously, on here. But so we wanted to kind of choose some that were written by Toby, some that were written by me, and then some that we had collaborated on as a band. So there's, there's a good mix of the three. So you not only married a singer, guitar player, you also wrote a, married a songwriter. What a great matchup, you two. Right, right. And it's funny because we didn't even know that about each other wow. until after we were married. I didn't even know he was a guitar player, which seems odd that that mm-hmm. didn't come up when we were dating. But it didn't. I mean, we were just busy with careers and other things at that sure. At that point in our lives. And uh, one day he brought a guitar out of the closet and I'm like I didn't know you played guitar and he's <laughs> he was actually very good so oh what a great it, surprise yeah it really was <laughs> I love it when our partners uh, can surprise us like that right yeah so so uh he decided he wanted to get back into guitar playing so started taking a few lessons to brush up and then uh, I talked to his uh, guitar instructor and said, well, my wife sings. And so I started singing with his guitar st- instructor, who was Gary Heil, at the tavern. And um, and then I, I went back to Toby, and I'm like, we have got to start a band. So <laughs> that's how Relativity got started and talked my twin sister into joining us. So she was with that's us great. for about the first 13 years, and then she retired from the band, and then that's when we asked Mike Hildebrandt to join us. Wow, what a great addition. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) I was wondering about uh, what you said back about uh, your shyness when you were younger Mm -hmm. and that you didn't do, uh, you didn't want to do a role in the show that you had to speak. Right. You could be in the chorus. I was wondering about that shyness and you said you got over it and if music was part of that, getting over it. Yeah, I think it really definitely was because um, you. You know, you, you almost you become a different person when you're on stage. I think. I think mm. a lot of performers are introverted, but they put on a different persona when they're on the stage. And um, but you can kind of start to become a little bit of that persona. You know. Right. So I definitely think it helped me become more outgoing and just getting used to going out and schmoozing with the crowd during your breaks and things like that um, has helped me become more outgoing. It's kind of like it forces you to to face that that thing that keeps you shy, mm-hmm. keeps you in your shell, keep you keeps you introverted, right. um, and it teaches you that it's okay. Everything doesn't fall apart. Our life is okay. It right. keeps going on when you when you go out there and talk to people. When you're on stage and you talk to people, exactly. And I would say also that um, perhaps you become part of that persona. But I think more and more probably what what happens is you, Sandy, comes through more and more. And we're probably more, you're more Sandy now on stage than you were 20 years ago. That's probably true. Would you yeah. think so? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, kind of along the same, to- the same topic of music helping you come out of your shell um, and face some of those uh, issues you have with shyness, um, uh, how else has it worked in your life in an important way? Um. Boy, music is just such a central part of my life. Um, it's really, you know, a lot of our friendships are based around music. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people we've gotten to know over the last 36 years of marriage, and especially the last 22 years since we've been in a band, 
is that we've made friends with tons of other musicians. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our closest friends are musicians or they're people who are fans of live music who we meet when we're out playing. Sure. So um, that friendship factor is really huge. Yeah, it is. And I, I find that, well, it's true in my life and Steve's life. I think that's most of our friends other than family is music or theater for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it provides it provides that those important relationships. Also, uh, it, it provides something music does to our culture. And the importance of music in our culture is something that I want to push in this show. Right. Um, that, I mean, arts in general, um, but for this purposes of this show, music. And um, I'm just wondering what you think uh, some of the most important aspects of having music in a culture and w- or what it does to a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think it brings a sense of community, mm-hmm. um, you know. If you're at a at a sporting event and they're playing We Are the Champions and you're mm-hmm. singing it in the stadium full of people, I mean, that's a sense of community. Yes. And, you know, same kind of thing when they play the national anthem at the Olympics or something. You know, it's that sense of bringing people together, um, I think, is one of the most important cultural aspects of music. Absolutely. Also, uh, I think on the smaller scale... Uh, you talk about big stadiums, also uh, in a, uh, in a smaller way in our smaller communities, and how it brings us together. And Absolutely, just going to a concert, right? I suppose that too, right? So I want to get to our second song here, uh, so we have time after that to talk about best gig, worst gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is called Laurel's Cafe, and you wrote this as well. I did. And, uh, so where did the concept for this song come from? Well, this. Um my first real job when I was 14 um, was working at a little truck stop cafe called Laurel's Cafe in Fairmont, my hometown. And um, prior to that, I'd you know done babysitting, bean walking, you know, cash jobs. But this is my first job with a real paycheck. You know, I got a whole dollar thirty-five an hour. Wow! <laughs> but the perks were free food. Uh, you know, we could make malts and French fries. Mm to our heart's content, and we could flirt with the boys from the lumberyard next door So, <laughs> who came Perfect. into the cafe. So Perfect. it was a great job for a, t- a teenager. And um, one day I was just thinking about all of the f- interesting characters that used to come into the cafe and what a great song it would make. Yes. And also just about the, the kind of teenage angst you have when you're in a s- small town and you think that there's got to be something bigger and better out there in the world than what you're experiencing in your little hometown. And um, and then the other thing that the song kind of touches on is that um, back in the mid-70s, when I was working at Laurel's Cafe, I-90 was just being built, and it, was, it ran right past Fairmont, but on the outskirts of town. And so Laurel sat on a highway that used to be the main highway to South Dakota and mm. Wisconsin, the other direction. And so the interstate took away a lot of the business from the small um, family-owned businesses in the downtown of Fairmont. So it kind of touches on you know, what the effect of that was also. I love the storytelling aspect of this song. It's, it little, reminds me of some of the stuff that um, Nancy Griffith sings. Um, uh, so I, I love that aspect of it. And let's see, was there anything else here? Uh, oh, who's playing on this song? 
same group? This is all the same people awesome. as on the originals. Well, on the other perfect. One. Perfect. Let's listen to Sandy Jensen sing and play guitar on her original song, Laurel's Cafe. job was working as a waitress in a little truck stop diner called Morell's. Regulars were boys who worked next door at the lumber yard. They made us blush with stories they would tell. The man came in most every day and we called him hand dinner. Cause he never ordered any other meal Another man talked to his wife For she'd been gone for quite some time but to that man her memory was real At the rose we watched the world go by On Highway 16 We knew bigger things were out there That we hoped some Stopping by Laurel's truck stop cafe The highway we were planted on went on to South Dakota Through little towns and cornfields and prairie Families on vacation stopped on their way to somewhere Station wagons packed with all that they could carry From Canada Sitting in my section They were from Quebec And headed north for home To a 14 year old Waitress and my friends Behind the counter Hearing French Was as exotic as we'd known At the rails We watched the world go by On Highway 16 we knew bigger things were out there that we hoped someday to see And we envied all the travelers on their way Just stopping by Laurel's Truck Stop Cafe Guess. But the rails was closed and boy- 
This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. Today, my guest is Sandy Jensen, and you just heard Laurel's Cafe, a song included on her recently released album. She sings on it, and she plays guitar. Wow. Okay. So you are so good. Your writing is so good at evoking uh, visuals in your head. I mean, Thank you. In, in the conversational way that you write, is, it's, it's so not pretentious. It's so immediately accessible. Um, and particularly in a song like this where it's, it's this story that grabs your attention. And I'm so sorry that it was closed when you went back. <laughs> what know. a bummer. It was sad. It's reopened as an antique shop now. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister and I went in there last time we were in Fairmont and just looked around. But obviously, <laughs> you know, no resemblance to the old Laurels. I was hoping right. they might still have some of the old chrome bar stools or something. But nothing, so nothing, yeah, uh, yeah, it would have been fun to buy something from there, yeah, it really would remembrance, um, and those highways they they have taken the lifeblood, just like the big box stores mm-hmm. have taken lifeblood out of these small towns, right, because people are are not going downtown anymore, and that's that is a that is a shame, it really is, uh all right, so um. Love story. That's uh, it's like um. It's also you're very good at writing Americana. I mean, I can't really put a, a, a my finger on the the genre. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of folk, but kind of kind of not. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> I've always had trouble coming up with a good descriptor too for for some of our original stuff. You know, some of it's almost poppy. Some is like you said, folk or Americana. But yeah, uh, yeah and. And I do like to tell stories in the songs that I write. There's a number of them that are are that way. And I'm working on one now about um, Fox Lake Ballroom, which is a place we used to go when I was a kid and listen to rock and roll bands and dance and stuff like that. So um, that'll be another storytelling song kind of like Laurel's. It's so great because you have these 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 ways that you can take snapshots or get glimpses into these different parts of humanity just when you work at a restaurant like that that's on the way to somewhere right um, right you got to see all these different that hear the french being spoken and i'm sure from fairmount and being 14 <laughs> you probably have never wow that's cool no. <laughs> they're speaking french that's so cool so uh awesome let's go we've got to move on to um our best gig worst gig and i understand you have some ideas of what to talk about here. I do. Actually, I have like three best gigs. <laughs> okay. Well, um, number one is the one we already mentioned is the sold-out show at Lakeville Arts. Awesome. And um, just because the audience is so supportive. But a similar thing um, was um, Fairmont, my hometown, has Red Rock Center for the Arts. And we were invited to play there. And so to go back to your hometown and have a sold-out show there was just amazing. And so um, the audience there was similarly 
you know, really into the original music. And, of course, it was fun for them to hear Laurel's Cafe because it was a place a lot of them were familiar with. And so that was great. And then... When was that gig? That was a few years ago, maybe five or six. Uh, But it was the the current iteration of Relativity. Yes, it was, although um, my sister came back and joined us. She had already left the group, but she came back and joined us for that gig because... You know, yeah, of she, course. She knew everybody in Fairmont, yeah. and there are a lot of our classmates there and things. So it was really a, oh, a very fun time. Sounds like a really great best gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then if I can add one more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, this year, for the first time, we got to play in the entertainment tent for Jesse James Days. Ah. And so that was just really fun because we had... Um, you know, family there and a lot of their high school friends and um, and just, you know, fun to play in such a a great local Northfield tradition, you know, yep. defeated Jesse James days. So I think some of the, the best gigs are either have to do with who is in the audience because it's a special audience with, like you said, family and friends from home mm-hmm. um, or from here at in the tent, or it has to do with some really big gig, which not a lot of us have had, you know, in some arena or something, which I have interviewed a couple people like that. So it, it, I guess with music, there's just bests all over the place, right? Right, right. right. Yeah, and for us, I think it's more the, the, the audience too, the, you yeah. know, how receptive they are to the originals, especially. So, yeah, exactly. And that, and that is a difficult thing is um, having an audience tap into your original tunes because people want to hear what they know and what they're right. familiar with. So right. how do people get from playing covers to which a lot, it, it's the goal of a lot of bands is to be able to just play their original music if they write original music. How do you do that? How did you guys, you know, get that audience to like your stuff, I guess? Oh, yeah, and, and it, it does vary depending on the venue because when we're playing at wineries, we're basically a cover band. I mean, we play a lot of our our own take on on cover songs. Yeah, um, and then we try to throw in a few of our yeah. originals, and you know, try to sell a few CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, um, yeah, we're a kind of a combination of the two. When we get the opportunity to play at art centers, and we we get to play a lot more of our original music, and. Uh, you know, when you're not back playing in the background while people are sitting out in the winery talking, when you're in an art center setting, it's much easier to um, be able to uh, get across what your message is in your sure. original songs. Right, right, right. So it's kind of like your the, the cover stuff that you do developed your audience, develops your audience in that in one sense, and then they can maybe stick around for the original stuff. But then there's these new audiences that you go to that are already prepared for original music. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, so yeah, it's good that you've been able to find that, tap into that. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah, really I think um, we've become pretty versatile because of that. And we we typically hand out a request list of about two hundred cover tunes when we play, so wow. people so the audience can kind of take us where they want to go. Oh, cool. Yeah. T- say, tell me more about that. You, you hand out. We uh, hand out a request list of a, around two hundred songs, and we keep oh, updating great. it as we add new songs because we like to stay current. So, mm-hmm. you know, like Adele's got a new album out, so we'll probably learn one or two songs off of that and add that to the request list. So, things like that, um, we try to stay current, and then, um, and then the we, audience fills something out and gives it to you, or how do right, you know they'll what they either want? just come up and ask, <laughs> or they'll circle it and bring it up. And so that is a brilliant idea. 
it's pretty fun. So we've got it, you know, by decade. <laughs> so going back from current to the 50s. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to talk about your worst gig. Oh, yes. <laughs> what okay. was that? Well, um, we were booked. This was a number of years ago when my twin sister was still in the band. We were booked to play at um, Reader Holtz. It's a, yeah. it's a supper club in a little tiny town of Meesville. And, um, you know, it's a great place to go and eat. Yes. Prime rib. <laughs> exactly. And and they had a nice stage with lighting and everything. And so they booked us to come and play Friday, Saturday night, two weekends in a row. And they said, well, we're trying to get, you know, a younger crowd in here. And that's when we were a little bit younger and we were playing top 40 cover tunes and things like that. So, um, but they forgot to tell the audience that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Could you bring your kids, please? Or right. Your grandkids. <laughs> so, exactly. And so we got there, and the audience was expecting polka music oh. and mm. Frank Sinatra-type music, mm -hmm. and that is not what we were. And so they kept bringing up requests for these songs that we did not know. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I mean, I felt like we almost got booed off the stage. <laughs> and um, as soon as we packed up our stuff at the end of the first night, and got in the car, my sister said, I quit. <laughs> she was so disheartened that she wanted to leave the band. And so... Um, <laughs> did you keep playing then the next night, or did you cancel? We had, yeah, we kind of had to. We had, oh, no. you know, basically signed a contract for these two weekends. Oh, so no. we had to keep coming back. <laughs> so it was tough to get through those four nights, but we got through them, and we are just like, okay, that's, that's never going to work again. So... Um, you know, it's funny to think back on now, but at the time, it was not a whole lot of fun. Oh, no, it breaks your heart, and it, then you have to go back in three more times. Exactly. That is, <laughs> that is so unfair. Right, it's right. really unfair. Well, Sandy, this has been awesome, but I want to talk a little bit more about, um, before, we, before we end this, about relativi relativity. Mm -hmm. And so your sister was part of it. Your hu husband's been a part of it. Uh, your husband or your sister left the band. You brought Mike in. Um, what are kind of some of the things that you've done, some of the highlights of, of playing in Relativity these past 20 years? <clears throat> oh, boy. Um, well, we started out um, playing a lot at the Tavern, which it's so sad now that that's going to be gone. Uh -huh. I mean, it's, it already is gone, but soon the whole building will be gone. Um, and back then, yeah. your band... The Sugar Beats, you were called for a while, I we think. We were. We were. You were playing the there at about yes. the same time. Uh, yeah, I think there's a handful of us that for a while we were just, this, we were kind of in rotation. Right. Playing and, there. And so we had a great time playing there. Um, and, you know, and then especially after Mike joined the band, we started doing more things like the Minnesota Zoo and art centers and um, festival type things um and so that's been just really fun the minnesota zoo is really a lot of fun to play um and and the art centers like i mentioned because we can uh, play more of our original music and uh you know we had talked about recording a cd for many years and just never got around to it and um finally then during covid we obviously couldn't be out playing in public so we decided to take advantage of that time and record and the reason we called it Are We There Yet, part of the reason was that people kept asking us, when are you guys going to record a CD? Oh, that's why. When are you going to record a CD? COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And so we finally said, "Okay, we're there. We're gonna get. We're gonna we're record a CD." Awesome. So. How long did it take you to to record this over COVID? Were you recording remotely? No, we actually went into Craig Wasner's studio, and um, you know, I'm wearing masks and everything, and uh, took them off when we were singing. But um, and yeah, we really the as I mentioned, we were recording it as to be as much like a live performance as possible. So we did only one take on most of the songs. So we really only recorded for a couple of days. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible from my experience, my very, very limited experience. (laughs) That is absolutely um, uh, amazing and uh, almost a miracle. So (laughs) uh, where can people get this CD right here? It's got a great cover on it. I'm looking at it. Three of you in a car with guitars uh, and the violin. Um, in the back seat. Right. Larry Hoffman took that photo. He used to have Hoffman Studio here downtown. And um, so you can get that on our, by going to our website, relativitytheband.com. And if you want an actual CD, which some people don't even have CD players anymore, so um, you can just send us an email and we'll be happy to get you a copy of the actual CD. Otherwise, uh, we're streaming on um, iTunes, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, and a few others, and there's links to all of those on our website. Awesome. So people can go to relativitytheband.com, and there they will find a place to email you. Exactly. In order to request uh, a CD in the flesh. Correct. If you still have a CD player. Well, that is wonderful, and uh, that will end the show today. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. And... uh, Stay warm in this blustery, blustery weather. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> All right. We just need some snow now. That's right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, if you're interested in what I have cooking, well, it's a holiday show that will be live-streamed on December 13th at 6 o'clock p.m. on the Towns Involved Brewing Company's Facebook page. Barb Piper is a special guest. She's a wonderful songwriter, singer, multi-instrumentalist, teacher, and entertaining performer. She'll perform some of her original tunes and join me on some holiday songs. Also, Pam Roth, singer extraordinaire, will join us from some kicking three-part harmonies and a wonderful solo. Oh, there's so much more. Mark your calendar, December 13th, 6 o'clock p.m. for a live stream holiday jamboree show on Tanzan Vol Brewing Company's Facebook page. Hope you could join us. And now to close, many, so many thanks to Sandy Jensen for joining me on Musician Talk for this glimpse into her musical journey. My next show will be with Kyra Reverman, an incredibly talented middle school singer and actress, on December 12th. Sending out a heartfelt thanks to you for listening to Musician Talk on The One, KYMN. Have a terrific day.